0: We welcome back Mark Dunderdale for the show today, which is the last episode of Mid South Wrestling to emanate from the Irish Neil Boys Club. Get your tissues out, it's gonna be an emotional episode, or maybe it won't be. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm
1: all right, thank you. It is emotional saying goodbye to the old place, but uh, we'll just have to try and get
0: through it. It is. And as explained last week, um, I think I think this is the last episode before Mid-South took a break, before Christmas 85. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. I've reached out. I've tried to find the end of year episodes. Um, I don't know if they exist. I don't know if they were best ofs. Um, Judging on the chronology of this tournament, I think there is going to be some missing bits. But anyway, the next two weeks, you've got some special episodes from our archives to fill the gap. And then into 86, uh, we're going to do our best to review everything Mid-South and UWF that we can find. Um, but, yeah, it's not going to be consecutive weeks, unfortunately, going forward. Um, and also, some of the YouTube videos, I think a lot of the 86 stuff is like straight rips from VHSs, so I look forward to a lot of static in my ears um, probably permanent hearing damage from doing this pod- podcast for another 18 months. Uh, anyway, on with the show. And this week, we watched on the WWE Network, and, yes, that still exists in the UK. I don't know if you saw this, Mark. I'm not sure if you're any part of any of the Mid-South groups. When I reached out and asked about um these shows at the end of the year and i said i you know and also does anyone know why um it cuts off on wwe network after the 14th of december i got a very helpful response from someone saying didn't you know wwe network doesn't exist anymore it's peacock well tell the <laughs> tell the listeners mark does wwe network exist for us very much so i'm still paying 10 a month so i hope so yeah exactly exactly i'm still paying for the thing so we have wwe network here but I think that Peacock is caught up now. But yeah, this is the last episode, really, in the kind of series, if you like. Aside from one in 1986 in March, which I believe, was the Ultimate Warriors debut uh, or Dingo Warrior, whatever he was called in um, Mid South. So I, I see he's, that's why he's, on on the
1: little, um, he's on the little. He's uh, on the little preview picture, isn't
0: he? Yeah, and I think that's why it's on there. I don't know why um, why these episodes don't don't aren't on there. I wonder whether it's something to do with the Watts tape library situation. Cause I know that the the tapes weren't available for a long time. And I wonder whether maybe that's a line where UWF is owned somewhere else, but this stuff is not as far as I can see commercially properly available anywhere in terms of you can't buy, you can't buy, you can buy it. But, it, but not, you know, legitimately. If you like, um, I won't. I won't say any any people that are selling uh, UWF DVDs on on uh, anywhere. Although that being said, <laughs> I wonder if the Universal Wrestling thing that that um, Eric's involved with, whether that is whether they've got the copyright to that stuff. I mean, possibly that's it. Maybe they own the copyright and no one else does. But yeah, I, I could look into that a bit more. But I've already spent about two hours of my life trying to find these episodes to no avail. So well, one, one thing up.
1: with. I wasn't going to jump ahead, but I was going to mention at the end, um, Bill goes out of his way to explain that the, the whole production crew is changing after this week. Yes. And yeah. I wondered if um, something to do with who owns the the tapes changed that way. Probably yeah. not, but it, I could, it could
0: very well be. because It's you just get that they tie like that. in with the two things at the same time. One of the – I think All Japan, uh, and maybe some, some New Japan as well, All Japan certainly – they they've got a massive problem with their their light their tape history because you've got all this incredible like Steve Williams is one all the stuff in the eighties and stuff where all Japan was was probably even bigger than New Japan like it fair said was but all of that stuff's owned by the television station not them so their streaming service hasn't got any of that stuff on it, it was I think New Japan mostly own all of their footage um but yeah I d- I just don't know and um that I know they taped on the eighteenth of December. Um, And if you look on cage match, some of the stuff that's on the 4th of January episode is on there, but some of the stuff that's mentioned at the end of this episode is not. So I haven't watched that 4th of January episode yet because you know what it's like with tournaments. Sometimes things happen and don't happen or they take it out of order or whatever. But um, yeah, I do think potentially there's a missing episode. So you'll hear me next week, talk about um, the missing episodes and why we've got, well, why we've delved into the archives and stuff. But I don't know if that's 100% right. If I do find anything, we'll do additional reviews. So uh, you have my solemn swear and promise. Um, So on to the show. Jim Ross is at the desk with Joel Watts. And I'm not shocked to see Dick Slater, my favorite wrestler there, also along with Dark Journey. Because the one thing we didn't see enough last week was Dick Slater. Ross said there were many exciting things happening. Ted DiBiase is back. Brett Wayne, a top junior heavyweight, was around, but not on the show. Plus, Terry Taylor will be returning at Christmas. And in the Mid-South TV title tournament, Joel explained that we had Jake Roberts versus Eddie Gilbert, Buzz Sawyer versus Nick Patrick, Dr. Steve Williams versus Rob Ricksteiner, and Humongous versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Slater talked about being in a tournament match last week versus Al Perez. And then he went on to say that Roberts DDT um, should be banned. He then said about the matchmaker um, and he said he knew what he was trying to do to him and the people would like to see Reed have journey for 30 days, but he's not going to let it happen. He said he's not hes not there this week to do anything other than commentate and I just think this guy is the pits and I've had enough. Mark, am I being unkind or am I not?
1: Well, The first line here in my notes for this week was, after hearing way too much from him last week, I was dismayed to see
0: Dick Slater stub at the desk <laughs> with a microphone in his hand. Yeah, yes, dismayed is a good way to put it.
1: Um, unlike last week, though, he was smiling throughout. He seemed to be in a good mood this week, as opposed to ranting and raving like he was last time. I think uh, he might
0: have had a drink before this show, actually. <laughs> possibly, possibly.
1: Yeah. He mentioned that he knows everybody in Mid-South would like to see Butch Reed get that journey for 30 days. That continued the confusion from last week, I thought, where Butch said he wanted the stipulation to be that if he beats Slater, Journey's gone, but... Slater's reacting as if he said something different. Uh, the whole thing was a mess, as I said last week. But one thing Dick Slater said that I did agree with, though, was that Joel Watt should smile more. Um, to quote Uncle Bryn, he is a smashing-looking lad.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, right, where are we? Uh, Jake Roberts says Eddie Gilbert up first. Slater on commentary. Joel had gone, uh, and I'm not. I'm just not going to recap anything that he said because I just can't. It was so grating. And the only way I could deal with this opening of this show was just tuning him out. Um, Jake, I think, had some wardrobe issues here because his normal red trousers were accompanied this week by what looked like brown cowboy boots. Did you spot this? Horrendous, horrendous clash. Yeah, I think he maybe
1: forgot his boots or something and he wore what
0: he was wearing that day dreadful um this was only okay actually uh, i i kind of expected a little bit more but i really did like the finish and there's a couple of back and forths, and then jake smashed gilbert with the ddt in seven minutes and 16 seconds um, to the delight of the crowd and the move was i mean we all know that this move was super over but this this kind of reminded me of the stunner obviously the stunner came years later but the way that the mat in the matches the wrestlers would kind of work for a different way of getting into the Stunner. And i suppose also diamond cutter as well um but super over what did you think of this match in the finish here mark
1: yeah, I think you saying only OK is, is how I'd describe it as well. It was maybe a bit longer than I expected based on last week having six short matches. Um, there wasn't really anything notable until they started picking up the pace in the home stretch. And I did like how they did a slightly different way to get to the DDT, where Eddie Gilbert did a baseball slide through Jake's legs. But as soon as he Jake spun around and Gilbert was up on his feet, he connected with the DDT. It was very smooth. Yeah, really good.
0: Uh, Buzz Sawyer versus Nick Patrick up next. Sawyer had a dog collar around his neck and challenged Patrick to take up that type of match while on commentary they said that's not what had been signed. Then, in an incredible bit of technology, we got a split screen as Butch Reed came out and challenged Slater at the commentary desk. In the main screen, Sawyer, chained still on his neck, deposited Nick Patrick in 57 seconds with a power slam. Reed then tried to make the save for Patrick, but Sawyer caught him with the train, caught him with the train or the chain. He didn't have a, a toy train out there, a chain. Tied him up in the ropes and was going to hit him with the chain until Jim Duggan just made the same. I mean, to be honest, saw he had to slow down because Duggan was probably a little yeah. bit behind here. Um, and Duggan dragged him away. They had a brawl to the back and passed the commentary desk. And in ring, Slater went for Reed. He was still tied up in the ropes, but Reed broke free and then started, off, started ripping off Slater's clothes, uh, his shirt, and then half his trousers... Uh, as two useless refs just watched on. Um, Dark Journey eventually got in there and helped Slater roll out. Um, I thought this was pretty good, actually. Um, pretty exciting stuff. A unique angle with a split screen and pretty high intensity. So, yeah, I actually liked something that involved Dick Slater. Wow. Uh, and best of all, hopefully that meant no, Slater on, no more Slater on the show, which is perfect. Mark, what did you think of this split screen and the presentation of this angle?
1: Yeah, first of all, um, Buzz Sawyer was stood... Um, at the ropes looking at what was going on at the desk between Reed and Slater when Nick Patrick took the opportunity to jump in from behind. That was a very bad idea. Yes. Um Sawyer so was still holding his chain, so he reversed an Irish whip one-handed, which you don't see very often, and he won with his always impressive power slam. But yeah, really clever use of picture-in-picture, split screen there, showing us what was going on in the ring and at ringside. I was very impressed. Is that a first time for Mid South? I, don't I think they had.
0: Before. I think they had split screen in the Duggan and DiBiase best dressed man thing, and uh, maybe once or right. twice more, but no more than no more than you know two or three, I think. Uh, but I yeah. thought this was really really good. And um, well,
1: like you, I do enjoy these big brawls where more than one guy is is running in to ramp up the action, and the the live crowd always goes crazy for it too. So I enjoyed it too. This this bit very good.
0: Yeah, and they don't need him to do as much as that as, as much as that as they quite as much of that as they used to. <laughs> that's uh, it. Yeah, that's it. Because back in '84, they used to do this all the time. There'd be quite a lot of big angles where all pretty much all the heels and all the faces will be at it. Um, but yeah, this was this was a nice departure back to that. Um, we had the Bruise Brothers versus Joe Malcolm and Larry Clark up next and the Bruise Brothers got a great reaction from the crowd and they're clearly getting over at this point. Um, Joel said that Gilbert had offered a reward for the person that had stolen his portrait um, and there was nothing to this match with Bruise Brothers winning via a mad dog splash in one thirty-seven. Uh, Mark, any thoughts on this uh, this match?
1: A couple of things. Um, before the match began, um, Joel Ross, who's back at the desk and Jim Sorry, Joel Watts and Jim Ross uh, speculated about Slater getting fined for leaving the desk, which is something Mid South have done a very good job of conveying the seriousness of. They're always saying um, repeatedly if a guest commentator gets involved, he's going to get a big fine. Uh, Bruce Brothers, I'm not the biggest fan. Pork chop cash reminds me of King Bo Slice, but with hair. Um yeah, jo- up, yeah. Joe Malcolm took. Got huge hang time, taking two big backdrops early on. I like that, uh, and I like the Bruise Brothers doing regular tags, so each man can land a big move or two before tagging out. But their offense itself wasn't much to get excited about. Um, Ricky and Robert, they ain't.
0: No, this is this is an this is a tag team for an entrance, isn't it? And smash the opponents, get out of there. But I mean, there there is a there is a something I found. Um, I don't know where you know where this is from, but I've got 55 minutes of a house show that someone sent me, uh, I think from the end of 85, and they're in a 10-minute tag match. I just think, oh, I, I'm not sure that's something I, I will be but I bet it felt longer reviewing. than 10 minutes. Well, I haven't actually watched it. I watched probably 45 seconds of it, and I thought, like I just can't. Because I was thinking, I've been running through my mind about what to do over the next couple of weeks, but that wasn't something I was going to. There's also Wrestlefest on WWE Network from Mid South which I've not watched either which is a few hours so maybe that's something for next year. Um next up Ricky Starr versus the beautiful Al Perez this went 4.32 and was basically Perez demonstrating various holds on star until he caught him out of the corner with his beta back suplex. Um, I thought this was fine, um, but, and I, I, you know, commentators putting over Alguide Perez, Perez's, I'm a big fan of his, but I don't think this needs to be as long as it was. Uh, Mark, what do you think of this Al Perez showcase here? Uh, I actually took a
1: lot of notes, noticing thing, unimportant things, but just things that I, I picked up on. Um, Perez got a good reaction as introduced, as he always does. I'm still waiting to see if any time referee Tommy Gilbert officiates a match involving Eddie, his his real-life son. Ah. I don't think that's happened yet. Um, Ricky Starr. Seemingly got dressed in the dark. He was wearing yellow boots, green knee pads and purple trunks. <laughs> His
0: outfit was horrendous, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that was quite a look. Um, I did like Al Perez taking Star down with a dropped toe hold, but keeping the leg tied up. He transitioned into a submission attempt. That was very nice. And I was distracted throughout this one, I don't know if you noticed, by a guy wearing a Mr Wrestling 2 mask. He was sat in the second row opposite the hard camera. I really, really hope he knew and was friends with the three ladies sat in front of him because he was grabbing them, he was whispering in their ears and all sorts. Once I saw it, I couldn't stop watching. And he couldn't sit still every time he was on camera. I wondered if he was putting the same stuff in his protein shakes that Buzz Sawyer had in his. Um, But Perez, with the help of the commentators, has established his German suplex to the point where, you know, like the DDT, as soon as he hits it, the opponent isn't getting up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I really like it as well. Yeah, we want more Perez. Uh, Next up, talking about Tyson Sports protein shakes, uh, we have Dr. Death versus Rob Ricksteiner. Um, And Rick Steiner's back, I think, it's fair to say, was showing some of the side effects of these protein shakes. Um, Yeah, watch the show and have a look at what we mean by that. Um, Something that happened early in this one, uh, which shows how badly conditioned I am now to modern wrestling, um, I don't know if you, you had this at all, Mark, but Rick Kick Williams to the outside. And for a split second, I thought, oh, here comes the dive. And then I realised <laughs> what I was watching. Did you have that at all? It was like, literally, I thought he's going to just do another dive. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is nine eighty five Mid-South. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: I, I, I wasn't expecting any kind of planter or uh, anything like
0: just... that. Too much AEW and stuff over the last few years and, and indie wrestling where there's a dive every time someone That is goes something, though.
1: It's something I meant to say to you in our AEW group chat before. Mm. The way um, Darby Allen does that move, where yeah. he absolutely slams full speed into people, it just makes me wish everybody else, like Cody Rhodes and people who do it half as effectively, you just need to take it out. Because when you do it in the next match after Darby Allen's nearly destroyed someone with it, doesn't make sense to me, but this gets back to what we were saying about the last pay-per-view where everyone's sort of booking their own thing and and you're seeing a lot of the same moves yeah. done more than once. To
0: How many fox To ver- in effect. Yeah. To How many fox splashes? To, 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 I know it was, that you know, that was a particularly, it was the anniversary, it was the same marine city, it had happened and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, pay, be- paying homage
1: made sense in that place in, in yeah. that time. But once, you had, to play, yeah. you had to do it once. The three amigos, the frog splash, it, it happened over and over.
0: I think you could probably do the, maybe maybe the suplex spot and maybe the frog splash, but I kind of feel like Punk should be... That's the thing. That That's the... I feel like whoever's supposed to be in charge of that stuff, I guess there's agents there. I think that Punk's the one that probably should get the superiority on the fog splash there. I think he's probably yeah. the, the one. Oh no, maybe Jericho. Sorry. is what I'm thinking. Not, not Punk, Jericho. Yeah. Um, what yeah. did Punk did? A, did Punk do the suplexes? I can't remember. I think he did. Yeah. And he was yeah. the second person on the show to do them. Yeah. Cause um, Penta did the, uh, the suplexes as well, didn't he? I believe. I'm not sure uh, if, or if or uh, MJF
1: might've done them in the opener. Oh, maybe as well. As well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is,
0: yeah. see that's, yeah, sorry, I'm thinking Jericho. Well, I not think, Punk.
1: yeah. Like you say, they do have agents, but I wonder if they're all working in their own little areas and not together as to do the show as a whole. Like, um, there's a lot of talk online about the Cody verse, how Cody Rhodes' storylines and matches and things going on with him don't seem to connect with what else is going yeah. on in the shows. It's its own little entity.
0: I think it, um, not to go off on too much on AEW tangent, as, as I tend to do fairly often as the, as the promotion I'm watching the most, but kind of feel like I'm a bit I'm a bit like we we've talked about this and I talked about this on Twitter as well. Like that pay-per-view's kind of almost like broken something in me when it comes to AEW and also to do with Dave Meltzer as well. It's like I can't I can't listen to you know not subjective reviews of something where everything is the best. if if someone thinks that that Jericho mess with the MMA fights was four stars, I may as well give up it wasn't you can't have a four-star match yeah. with someone screaming out someone to i can't remember it was Dos Santos. <laughs> it was like, yeah yeah yeah, it almost, was, yeah, can't, yeah, can't, yeah not in the right position i'm like come on and like everything is not and it, it's interesting to say about that about the cody i i think i feel like it they've lost a lot of momentum and i, I don't really understand why given the people that they've got and it's interesting um when this airs this will be a day before the winter is coming so Page and Danielson, would you put the title on Danielson?
1: It wouldn't surprise me if they do. Yeah, you've got to get it back on Hangman because I think if he loses it and he's done, then you'd struggle to get him back to that level. We've done the big story to get him there. You can't do it again, I don't
0: think. So, this is the thing with Khan. I, I I would be surprised if he does it because I think Khan books, I think Khan listens to. People like Meltzer and, and Dave Meltzer's view on this, and I've heard him say it, would be it's like the Kerry Von Erich thing when he beat Ric Flair and he was champion for I can't, I don't remember how long it was, maybe seven or eight weeks. And he was never quite the same again after that. And I feel like I doubt Calm would put a baby face in a position to have a short title reign. But I also think their show, I know they've lost they've lost some ratings because the West Coast has now gone live. So they don't have the benefit of watching of people watching in prime time. It's five p.m. to 7 so a lot of people are missing it through work but their their racing's are are below a million solidly now and all that momentum around you know will they beat raw one one week then they might like night and day and and it's like how how is this i know they've lost omega but they've got punk they've got danielson i don't really understand i think rampage has been a massive massive problem for them in terms of you're, you're spacing everything out there's too much product by the time I get through the end of Dynamite, I'm kind of feel like I always feel like the second hour drags and I start, I'm not massively looking forward to the following week. And what are yeah. you still watching? Everything pretty much, or you I am, you, I am, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and I watched Rampage this morning, and you know, the, the tag match at the end was a, was a good match, but it feels like that's just sort of getting you through to the next Wednesday when yeah. the really important stuff happens.
0: That's what it feels thing, like, like. The, the other thing as well, this might be slightly an odd thing to say, but. I've kind of p- p- good wrestling for the sake of good wrestling is pointless. So if every match is 12 minutes and it's three and a half stars, 3.75 stars, 4 stars, 4.24, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. Mel's may it 6.8. Um I don't think that I think I think the AEW, and I like I've liked the punk and MJF stuff. Um I think I'm not sure you've liked it quite as much as me, though, have you? I don't think the I no, I think
1: their verbal stuff has been has been really good. Yeah. I, I made that comment to you about the the three separate WWE oh, mentions yes, in yes, that yeah, head yeah. To head they had. Yeah. I thought that was maybe a little too much. They could have spread those out or just do one or two. But yeah, it, it's it's a minor thing, small so, thing.
0: So I I think that I think that AEW's got to differentiate itself. It can't just be it can't just be Dante Martin having a good match for people because people don't care. People don't care. He he needs Backstory. This should be, and I did some of this stuff in the um the pandemic. I remember the, I mean, remember the, I mean, the match wasn't anything at all. But I remember the build up to Hager and Moxley right at the start of the pandemic. They did this incredible video package. I'm like, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of yeah. the personality piece. I want to see more of that. It can't just be two hours of good wrestling between people that are kind of don't aren't really established, and you can do a few flips and you enjoy it. But if you're yeah. seeing that every single week. Like if I was going to see Ref Pro every single week, some of those flippy matches wouldn't be as good because it's just like well I'm seeing it every I need to see something different and and I, and I don't think the answer is violence. The answer is not um, the answer is not fire on their on their television. I think that's such a terrible, terrible, terrible thing to. to I think I mean you, I know you're more into hard, sort of a hardcore style. For me, fire is once in a once in a blue moon pay per view exclusive. Not not a random feud on dynamite, and and Brandy Rhodes should be no if they want if they really want to keep Cody a babyface, Brandy Rhodes should be nowhere near him because she's she is yeah. X Pack X go away heat.
1: Yeah, having the crowd booing him so vehemently when he's attempting to be a babyface and then bring her out to help him put the guy through put the opponent through a flaming table, you know it's only. It's only going to exacerbate the situation.
0: Yeah, bizarre. And back anyway, we go back in our time machine now to um, Steve Williams and Rick Steiner, we've talked about um, Rick Steiner didn't pull off the dive to the outside, and that's where we got on a tangent on AEW. And um, Williams caught Steiner with a brutal clothesline on right to the face during this. Um, and there was a, there was a really great comment from Joel during a punch a punch exchange where he said, "Let me tell you something, brother. Those shots would take the head off of a normal man." Um, Steiner hit a backdrop on Williams which made me gasp as he seemed to only flip over at the absolute last moment and the same happened later after a Steiner kind of overhead belly to back suplex um, the finish came in 5.50 via the Stampede body slam with Williams winning and um, this was by no means a classic with quite a few messy moments but I was weirdly engrossed by it I think because of who they were and what sort of what they have become and what did you think of this, uh, this match between Williams and Rick Steiner?
1: Yeah I totally agree with how you summed that up um seeing them face to face at the beginning it looked cool in isolation two big tough looking guys but knowing what we know how in real life particularly back then they were legitimate tough guys Mm. I bet there weren't many guys in the bars of Shreveport trying anything in 1985 Um, I I really enjoyed it, every blow and slam and bump taken was massive from both guys Uh, I can see how Doc later on had so much success doing the Japanese strong style in the 1990s because I feel like some big men like Psycho Sid and Kane, for example, had all their best matches with smaller guys bumping around for them. But there are some others like Dr. Death and Big Van Vader, I think who seem to excel facing other big guys uh, around their own size. And just smashing the living
0: daylights out of each other, basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, next up, talking to big men, humongous. One of my favorites over recent months versus Haxor Jim Duggan and Duggan was out of his lady friend, Deborah again. Um, this was weird because Humongous just kills everyone, but this was kind of 50-50 completely. They bumped the ref at 443 as Humongous kicked out of a pin. Um, they tried to get Duggan with a chair in the corner with um help, but Duggan reversed it, smashed humongous in the head with the chair and full up the spear for the win in 503. This was too long for me. And I, I didn't like the use of humongous kind of it's a bit grating that he's been so dominant over um, you know, everyone, mid-carders and kind of enhancement talent. And then in this not so at all. Um, I thought that he should be a bit more dominant, and Duggan should have fluked this a bit more. What did you think of this uh, Duggan Humongous TV title match, TV title tournament match, should I say?
1: Yeah, I would agree. It went a, a little too long. There was a stretch in the middle where Humongous killed literally a minute, minute and a half with a bear hug. Um, I, uh, you know, but the, it got to the the end, and the crowd and the commentators loved the finish. You know, the ref bump led to Humberdink trying to bring the chair in and use it. Duggan pushed Humungus into it, uh, hit him over the head with it and won with his shoulder tackle. But, yeah, there was a bit too much to it. And, um, yeah, I never really thought about how you did, but it makes sense that humungus they've done a good job with building him up as either beating guys quickly or a guy gets a lucky shot in without the, the long wear down in between. But the, th- the thing that most stuck out to me was, um, again, the layout of the tournament. As I mentioned last week about they're doing – picking ha- names out of a hat as opposed to brackets. Bill Watts um, had talked about, he'd emphasised that there would be no 15-minute time limits so they could get decisive winners and losers. So tournament matches would all be for one fall or TV time remaining. Well, this match started with seven minutes left of yeah. TV time. I thought so, exactly
0: the same thing. It's like, this is just weird, but okay. I mean, it, it, it yeah, works, I suppose. Yeah, I understand
1: them making these points and and using these ideas, but you got to make it, Logical And, um, yeah, starting these guys meant if it was TV, well, it wasn't going to go to a time limit draw. Um, so, yeah, with seven minutes left, you knew you were going to get a winner well within 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, not a bit. Yeah, but I completely agree with that. Um, and that is it. Joel then said this would be the final taping at the Irishman or Boys Club. Um, and as Mark said earlier on, he talks about the change of production. Uh, and next time we'd see them would be at their new location at the Downtown Convention Centre in Tulsa. Um, and that is it. That is it. It feels a little bit like, well, not a little bit, like it, it is the end of an era. So Brit, just over two years of, of TV episodes from this venue. Um, and that is it. The December 14th, eighty five episode is in the books. And we're on the road to Tulsa next time you hear. Well, not quite the next time. I'm doing a very good job with this ending. Why don't you take over, Mark, and give me your final thoughts on this episode?
1: Um, well, that there was a little bit more confusion there. Like you said earlier in... Um what um whether the show continued the following week or if they did go on a bit of a break i was specifically listening to the commentators and jim ross asked joel to tell us about next week's show and joel then said next time you see us so yeah 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 is it going to be next week or is it going to be some point undecided and that's why he said next time you see us but um yeah, they they explained that bit about the production crew changing, specifically naming both the old crew headed up by Oral Link and the new crew, which I thought was maybe a bit unusual, but possibly another deal Bill Watts work has worked out with the local business because he's he's plugged local businesses on air before. I wondered if he was uh, he'd got a mate in a production company.
0: I really wish I'd asked Bill about this move. Um, I just didn't just didn't think about it on the time, but yeah, I, I guess they're just they want to get into slightly bigger arenas and that's what they're, that's what they're looking to do here. But I've watched the first couple of minutes of the show, show the next show that I've got access to the 4th of January, and it's completely different. It's like the graphics uh-huh. are different. Um, it's 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 almost like a different promotion actually, um, which I think is going to be a little bit odd for the first, um, first few weeks. Um, anyway, that is it. Mark, how can people find you on social media? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Dopper Six. And thank you very much for your appearances on the podcast during 2021. We'll be back at some point in the new year with our <laughs> prediction show. Um, bless you. <laughs> okay. Thank you for coming on the on the show with the, with a cold as well. Um, yeah, I I think. Basically, that—that's the. This is the last time. The next two episodes are in the books already, so they're all pre-recorded. This is the last time you get some new content or hear my voice in this way this year. So, I want to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas, a happy and healthy 2022, and thank you for your continued support of the podcast during this year. Um, and we shall speak to you all again very, very soon.
2: Yeah, this is Eric Watts, and for all you phenomenal wrestling fans and fans of this podcast, please do me a favor. If you're looking at uh, more information about Mid-South Sports, Power Pro Wrestling, Universal Wrestling, go to UniversalWrestling.com and check out that website. It's a must-see. Don't want a lot for Christmas There's just one thing I need I don't care about the presents Underneath the Christmas tree I just want you for my own More than you could ever know Ain't my wish come true All I want for Christmas Yes Yes I don't want a lot for Christmas There is just one thing I need I don't care about the presents underneath Christmas tree I don't need to hang my stocking there upon the fireplace Santa Claus will make me happy with a toy on Christmas Day I just want you for my own more than you could ever know make my wish come true all I want for Christmas is you baby. Oh, I won't ask for much this Christmas. I won't even wish for snow. Just gonna keep on waiting underneath the mistletoe. I won't make a list and send it to the North Pole for St. Nick. I won't even stay. To hear those magic reindeer clicks Cause I just want you here tonight Holding on to me so tight What more can I do? Oh, baby, all I want for Christmas is you You, baby, whoa All the lights are shining So brightly everywhere The sound of children's laughter fills the air And everyone is singing I hear those sleigh bells ringing Santa won't you bring the one I really need Won't you please bring my baby to me Oh I don't want a love for Christmas This is all I'm asking for I just wanna see my baby standing right outside my door. Oh I just want you for my own more than you could ever know Make my wish come true all I